I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer of Mavs.com, and finally over his Mavs win hangover. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> um, I feel like we have to address something right off the bat. Oh, no. Right right off the bat? Like, right away? Right, right away. What could we possibly have to address right away that is this serious? Okay. Dennis Smith Jr., Oh, we're not even, we're not even like exchanging pleasantries. We're just, we're going straight into it. We're not because I want to make something very, very clear. Okay. We love Dennis Smith Jr. As a person. (laughs) And a player. (laughs) And we're all in on him. Yeah. There is a difference between our podcast and some other podcasts. We have the freedom to be open and honest and be able to, uh, we criticize. can criticize players and all of that stuff. Um, if you have a short memory, we spent the whole summer building up Dennis Smith Jr. Some and hyping say, him. Some people would call it blowing smoke. <laughs> we were called biased. Uh, we, we were saying we called homers um, about how Dennis Smith Jr. had this uh down season last year and now this down year areas down areas yeah down year. areas uh not as efficient and some people thought he was overhyped and just all about the dunks and highlights all this stuff and we were on like you can listen to these pods we we're on record saying he's gonna make this big leap you can look at the gifts i tweeted saying you know in the preseason saying this is a big le- leap he's gonna make with these jump shots and all this different stuff we have mentioned him as as a most improved player candidate um Nick and you know some people like we're like hey he could be like second you know leading scorer on the team uh, I think Harrison Barnes will still be that but we think he's going to take a significant step forward in scoring and shooting percentages and all this different stuff and trust me I'm just going to leave this out here we're a lot more positive than some things I've already heard at at some games from other media members on some future predictions on Dennis Smith Jr. We are uh, we definitely swing towards the other side of the positivity on Dennis Smith Jr. So we slang that way. Anyway, but it's just been funny over the past uh, I don't know week or so. It started with Nick, and then it kind of uh, for some reason people thought Nick didn't uh, really they associate like Dennis, they Dennis associate and, you now with it as well. Yeah, and they lumped me in. I'm like, listen, I've. <laughs> I have put myself out there like backing him as having a a, a big year to some uh, national people and uh, other you know companies. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the I word. Know. I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know what where I was looking for. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're all in on Dennis Smith Jr., but we're gonna criticize him there now. I'm not all in on like Dwight Powell or like Wes Matthews. Like that's yeah, we know. <laughs> like I will criticize them. So like that is a whole different ball game. Like if you want to like say something like I I get that, but like Dennis, we're all in on him, and like we're gonna point out the areas he needs to improve on. But we're, we love Dennis and we love Luca and them together. So anyway, I just want to get that off my chest. Just be just because 
there's a new player around doesn't mean we're going to forget about the other players or that we don't like the other players as much. It's it, it's exactly like when I was five years old and my parents had to sit me down and say, hey, your mom's pregnant. And I asked, what's pregnant? And then they explained that to me. <laughs> that How do you get pregnant? Yeah, I figured, yeah then I figured all that out. And then... Then, you know, they're like, don't worry. We're still going to love you just the same. We're still going to pay attention to you just the same. We're still, you know, we're still going to treat you the same exact way we do now. It's going to be a little different, though. You're going to have to make sacrifices. We're going to have to pay more attention to this to this baby because this baby needs more attention. And this baby has not been around. And this baby has not been in this world. Luka Doncic is that baby. <laughs> Some yeah. people think he has baby fat. He is that baby. That we will pay it, it, more attention to. He is the new exciting thing that has come into you know MFFL land. We talked about Dennis Smith Jr. for an entire year, and it was kind of the only thing on the team that we talked about for a whole year. So just because we're talking about Luka Doncic more doesn't mean we don't like Dennis. That we hate Dennis because the only times we talk about him is that we criticize some of the things that he does. I don't know. I I, I don't know. We're, we're being too sensitive about this. Nah, I just want to get it out there. You uh, know. Whatever. When, it's out when there. You hear it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, it's out there. Uh, and uh, what- You can come at me about my Dwight Powell uh, you know, <laughs> feelings or Wesley Matthews feelings. I don't care. You know, I'm never going to address that at the beginning of a pod. I'm, I'm upset that none of you tweeted me about the, le- the final comment I made in the podcast. That makes me think that you guys don't finish the podcasts. That, <laughs> that makes me upset. Um, today, what we're getting to is the game breakdown from the uh, Minnesota game. We just did a reaction on the last podcast, the over the weekend one. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. It was an extra little bonus. Today we are going to get into a deeper breakdown. We'll go through uh, pretty much all the players. We'll talk about what we thought, you know, opinions, and then uh, some stats and a couple things, some big questions. And then we're going to preview the game tonight. The Mavericks play tonight against the Chicago Bulls. It'll be interesting. We got some notes for that as well. So that's what we're going to do today. All right. My first question about this game. Are the Mavs good at defense? <laughs> uh, are the Mavs is, good at defense? I'll, uh, what is no? <laughs> they are last in the league right now in defensive rating. Are they really? They are. Yes, they're very, okay. very last in the league in defensive rating. Um, what can the Mavs do? I mean, what what are we seeing? What have we, what did we see in this game? We we mentioned briefly that Carlisle tried this tactic of putting Dorian Finney-Smith on a Carl Towns type, and then having DeAndre Jordan as the roving shot blocker in the paint. Um, we've seen them try to you know switch things. We've seen them try to you know stick with guys. What can they do? Because they have to cover up Luca and and Dennis. Both. I'm being critical of both of them now. <laughs> they have to yeah. cover them up. And they also might have to cover up Wes sometimes because he's getting beat on some of these drives too. So what what can they do? Is it just wait for Harrison Barnes to come back? And when Harrison Barnes comes back, what do they do? Do they replace you know Dorian Finney Smith with Harrison Barnes? And then you have I think you have a different problem then. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, what do it gets they do? really that I have no answer for that. Uh, I think I think you wait for Harrison to come back and then you really do um figure it out uh, rick was asked a question about lucas minutes um i forgot who asked him it was at, at uh shoot around the other day and it's like him playing so many minutes he played in 36 minutes he played 36 minutes against the the timberwolves and he played 31 i believe in the first game because of 
some foul. Yeah, so that's that that Suns game when he played like all the third quarter into the fourth stuff. He was yeah. asked about that, and he basically just said, "Hey, with with our with so many guys out right now, there's a lot of things that's just fluid right now. So it's like." I think that was his way of saying, like, things are just moving around right now. They're still trying to figure out lineups. They're still trying to figure out things, and especially with, with Harrison and Dirk and now Devin. You know, those are three guys that's going to get be getting minutes a lot of times in all time in rotation. With Harrison, that's a good 35-minute-a-night you know, guy. So you're leading score from last year. So it does throw some things off. But I am really curious. So for me, I just I lean towards, hey, let's wait for Harrison to get back, and then let's figure it out. But you said it, it's like it brings a different type of problem of, you know, what if Harrison was in there last night and, and Finney Smith was not? So would, would they put Harrison on you know, on Carl Anthony Towns? Yikes. We know he hates playing the, you know, doesn't enjoy playing the four as far as it's not his first preference. But and no one should enjoy guarding Carl Anthony Towns at any point. Unless yeah, it's so, the first half of games where he doesn't really care. <laughs> so, or Tibbs doesn't try to get him the ball. But, you know... <laughs> Finney Smith, I think, has played you know well enough on defense where he should eat into Wesley Matthews' minutes at the two. And if you're asking me what what should they do, I mean, <laughs> this is probably a very natural statement considering my last few pods in my opinion, but I think they should um, insert Harrison in for Wes in the starting lineup. That's yeah, because, because what are you giving up at that at that point? You know, put, put the Smith brothers as as your backcourt quote air quotes um and let dorian take on two through three uh, take on the west role and let west say hey okay something's up right now let's put you in the six man type of role come off the bench and chuck them a little bit in the second unit um and maybe that could just you playing with jj and devin and some of those guys maybe it'll be a little different i don't know but that's what i would do is just give those minutes to Dorian Finney-Smith. That way you you at least leave open the possibility of Finney-Smith still guarding some of those guys. Now, then you would be asking, you know, it just depends on the matchup. Like, it just totally depends on the matchup because originally when they said, hey, we want, um, we want Luka Doncic at the four because, yeah. you know, for def- defensive purposes and all this stuff. Well, we saw, we saw you know, against the Timberwolves, he, he technically on the defense side of the ball, he didn't guard the four. He guarded because, a Koji the whole game, which he was the yeah. three and sometimes the two. Exactly. So it's gonna be it's all matchup based, and you know because they had Taj and Towns and and all that stuff. So it's gonna be matchup based. It's gonna be kind of moving around, however you want to define positions. But what I would do, I would replace uh, Wesley Matthews with Harrison Barnes in the starting lineup. Yeah, in a in a different world and i know <laughs> i know how this okay. is gonna sound uh bringing dennis off the bench starting harrison starting harrison nick we just went over this i know we did just go over this but bringing him off the bench i mean if you're if you really want to make something do make something crazy happen and fix the defense like if that's the only thing we're looking at trying to fix is the defense that's the i mean bringing dennis off the bench is kind of the only thing i can think of to try and improve this defense you and know letting- yeah, but that ain't ever gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. No, and it and it shouldn't happen. But if but that, I would bench West ten out of ten times before I'd bench Dennis. But if yeah, but then you you still have the problem of of Dennis and Luca on you know on defense. Yeah, and it is a problem. Listen, when 
you know, some people's probably listening to this would be like, oh, that's an overstatement saying it's not. No, listen, go back and watch the Simmons possession because there are different times I, I re- visibly remember watching the game from my press box seat and seeing you know, Luca get beat off the dribble and it put and it pulled West down or pulled another defender down and to where they had to try to guard the player getting to the rim and then they kick it out for a three pointer and you just got it like that's the thing when you have these perimeter defenders that get beat off the dribble then it obviously pulls another defender in because you can't just let them have a layup and bam another three. I don't. It's not a wild coincidence like I, you could say it's luck or whatever that. I mean, it felt like this was deja vu, this Minnesota game starting off like Phoenix. It's like, oh my gosh, they're hitting everything. They scored 47 points in the first quarter. (laughs) We made all the jokes on Twitter when Phoenix scored like 36 points in the first quarter. And we're like, I I tweeted, I was like, hey, somebody asked Rick about that. Minnesota scored 47 in the first quarter. That's insane. And it's like, oh my gosh. You know, they started off and I think it was a double digit lead right off the bat and it was just sloppy. It was just, you know, Rick talked about after the game about how bad it was. And, you know, it, it, it was a win. And it was a very, very fun game to watch. 140 to 136, whatever the final was. Um, and it, it so, wasn't like just one dude was killing them either in the first quarter. It, I mean, they spread it around. They had one, two, three, four, five, five players with seven or more points and another player in Tyus Jones with five points. So, I mean, they had a whole bunch of dudes that were spreading it around. A lot of different players getting getting action, and uh, <laughs> and they had seven assists with 15, 15 made shots. Um, Jeff Teague, I feel like he hit two or three threes. There's just um, lots of holes, and it's it's hard to hide one player on defense in the NBA now. We see that in the playoffs. It's now it's now almost impossible in the in the playoffs to hide one player. You know, Steph has had to become you know at least an, an average defender. And you know Harden has had to become an average defender in order for them to succeed because you can't just hide them on on somebody. And in the playoffs, and now in the regular season, you're like, well, against Timberwolves, I guess we can hide Luca on a Koji, and then oh dang it, now we have Dennis on Teague. Well, Teague's gonna drive the basket. <laughs> you know, Teague's gonna yeah. do all this kind of stuff. Or Derrick Rose is gonna drive to the basket. And uh, this, and it's like we switched out foul tro- foul problems. You know, Phoenix, it was Luca. And, you know, he got yeah, it. He yeah. had his foul trouble. And it's like this game was Dennis's turn. It just, it just uh, and it, and that makes sense because against Phoenix, you had Isaiah Cannon or Canon, whatever he wants to be called now, that Dennis was guarding. And he's not going to be as big of an issue. And then in this game, we had a Koji. Uh, or follow up called him a Kaji. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which I've one. I've always said a Koji. I've said a Koji too, but I've only just really read it. Um, So, uh, man. It's just going to be interesting. It's just going to be that either or one of the is one of the two guys always going to be in foul trouble early. It just feels like because teams are just going to start attacking them. Yeah, I'm really I'm really curious in how that's going to work, and if it's just an, another team saying, "Hey, we're just going to try to break them off the dribble and just hit the open man. Let's spread the court, spread shooters around." And I mean, of course, when you have somebody like Towns that's playing the five that can hit threes, like he, I mean, he had that three in the fourth quarter that was like. One he's foot sideways, like right, yeah, I'm like, fell out of bounds, and you're, you're just he's, like, he's wild, <laughs> he's insane. Um, but no, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, that's the point of emphasis right now. I mean, you that's what Rick's talking about their defense, just them being on the same page and them being on the same page now. But now they're going to be getting Harrison back, hopefully, really soon, uh, whether it's tonight or or Wednesday. Uh, but 
Why? Why'd you shake your head? Because Carl he, Anthony Towns no. got sixteen shots. Mm. <laughs> Six. That's it. He only took sixteen shots. That's your best Der- player. Derrick All- Rose shot twenty-one. Twenty-one shots for Derrick Rose, and Carl Anthony Towns got sixteen. I mean, we talk about how the you know the the big man resurgence is coming back in the NBA because there's all these guys like Towns, like Embiid, like Aiton coming in, but. There's something about, you know, you can't really control the game as much if you're a big because you don't get the ball right away. Yeah. You know, you don't get the ball from the inbound off of a made basket on the other side. You don't get the outlet passes, you know, unless you're a Giannis, you know, or Kevin Durant or a guy like that. It's a, it, it's hard now in the NBA for a big man like that to take a ton of shots and to control the game like, you know, a guard can, like Derrick Rose. Like freaking Derrick Rose. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, I had a question about Luca and Dennis's minutes. And then Luca and Dennis initiating the offense. I see an interesting like correlation, and I wanted to talk about it. So let's bring that up coming up next. All right, Isaac. So we talked a little bit about Luca's minutes and Luca being played for extended stretches throughout throughout these two games. Um he played 36 minutes against the Tim- in this Timberwolves game. Dennis Smith Jr. played 26 minutes. Now, I guess you can say Dennis had some foul trouble, but why the big disparity in minutes? What? Why is why is Luca able to play so much more than than Dennis is right now? Um, I mean, I think, I mean, I think foul trouble played a lot into that. I mean, I'm pretty sure Dennis got those, um, got those first set of fouls. Fairly, fairly early, and where JJ had to come in at some point. It was in the um, second quarter. Okay. Yeah, he, I mean, I think that played played a role into it. I think JJ playing well with that with the unit played a role into it. JJ came in right off the bat, and we couldn't. I mean, we praised him enough because it's two straight games for JJ. But I, so I have a theory on this. I think that Dennis Smith Jr. is like one of those wind up toys that you get. In uh, like a McDonald's meal or something like that, and you wind him up and you just let him go, and and at some point they're gonna start running low, you know, and everybody runs low on energy. I totally get that, but you want him to be at his windiest when it matters, and I think him playing 26 minutes in this game, I think really helped him in that fourth quarter because he scored, and we're gonna talk about this in a minute. He scored 10 of his 19 points in the last five minutes and 14 seconds of the fourth quarter. I mean, he was. I mean, he was really going at it. And he had three assists before that too. He was ready and prepared for that fourth quarter. And I think Carlisle wanted that. I think Carlisle wants to play him in that role, the kind of the closer role, move him into that, especially with Harrison Barnes out. And I think that the that playing him less minutes early, um, whether it was by design or not, helped him to have his legs under him. You know, during the fourth quarter. Fair or unfair? No, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I mean, yeah. I like that. I don't think he's as um, to the level of like Seth because like Seth Curry made it was very open that you know he wanted to start and like it was coming off the bench. Um, it was like it wasn't his like preference as far as just like getting used to it and just all that different stuff of you know we had the fans had this mindset of like hey he should be this like Jason Terry yeah. but not everybody's like wired for that and like Nick's talking about the like wind up thing some people don't know how to be getting wind wound up they before you come in the wind. <laughs> yeah they don't know how to hold it and wait until they have to get set in so i think just the Dennis and Luca thing it's just going to like 
it's just going to, when you have two playmakers like it, it's going to take a little bit for them just to figure everything out and just how to, you know, I think you mentioned it a, a day or so ago when you said, are they really working together or are they just taking like turns? And we haven't seen a, 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 a true like connection of them playing off of each other. There's a difference between playing off of each other and then just alternating. Of just like it's your turn to set the offense and do your thing, or are they truly playing off each other's like strengths and stuff? Yeah, let's get into that. So, um, it seems to me like Carlisle uses when Luca and Dennis are both on the floor, they're still trying to figure out, you know, like you just said, the your turn, my turn kind of thing, which even you know Durant and Westbrook were still doing like several years into their partnership in OKC but they mm-hmm. they're both doing that either one of the two players initiates the offense if those two players are both in then in the bench unit when it's it's been Berea and Brunson and Luka Luka plays off the ball almost entirely he does not initiate the offense when JJ and Brunson are both in the game it's an it's an interesting thing that he's doing and trying to do that because he he almost had Luca is almost two players to uh, to Carlisle. He uses him as a three, or he uses him as like a, a you know the dual like a three four playmaker or something like that. Yeah, he uses him as like a point guard with when you know when Dennis is on the floor, they played the dual point guard thing, and then he plays him as like an off ball three <laughs> when when the two, other two point guards are in because they have to be point guards. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's the the concept that we've talked about a lot. Of do you want to use your best player in the the position that makes them you know that has them in the best situation to succeed, or do you want to put them maybe in a situation that they're not as good at but still really good at in order to help the role player succeed? And he and Luca can do both in that way, and that's that's kind of what makes him special. Is he's versatile enough, he can do either of those things. And and it's kind of going back to the whole like defense thing. Let's just hold off until Harrison gets back because a lot of things could change then. Yeah, all those things are different. It's not going to be as simple as, okay, um, Harrison's just going to slide right into the Dorian Finney-Smith role. Finney-Smith attempted seven shots. Pretty much the only time that he attempts shots is when he's open on the three-point line. That's not going to be Harrison Barnes, or at least let's hope not. He attempted seven shots in the Timberwolves game. (laughs) What's Yes. Well, what did I say? You just said he's attempted seven shots, and it made it sound like it was total <laughs> <laughs> for the first of two games. Yeah. Um, but no, like it, it's just going to be different, you know. With Harrison in there, he's going to take shots away from you know. I know the Mavericks put up 140 points, but yeah, you know when you look at you know the shot attempts, like DeAndre only attempted 10 shots, Luka Doncic attempted 16 shots, Dennis only attempted 14. And, and and we put up one forty. Hope that the shots are coming from West. <laughs> yes, West Matthews attempted nineteen shots. So um, too many. Uh, West should you know go down to that less to that less <laughs> <laughs> less than nineteen. So you know that's where you, it's just there's a lot of things that's going to change when Harrison gets back, and that's why I don't I don't really like to take any lump. Uh, you know assumptions right now about the Mavs team until they get their leading score from last year back. That's yeah. like he's a huge part to this team. So then let's figure everything out. Then let's see what parts work. You know what parts do not, and all this stuff. Let's get three or four games into Harrison Barnes being back in the mix, and then let's try to figure some things out of what what we think's working or not. Currently, right now. The pace that the Mavericks starters are playing is 102.37 uh, 
possessions per 48 minutes. That is uh, pretty fast. A lot faster than they were doing last year, which was like 97, 98, something like that. A lot faster than that. It's uh, still like in the tw- like 22nd ranked in the NBA right now because usually at the beginning of the season, a lot of players, a lot of teams play super fast, like insanely fast. The bench unit of J.J. Barea, Powell, Kleba, Brunson, and Doncic, their pace right now, Uh-oh. 120.32 possessions per 48 minutes. The bench is playing so much faster than the starters, which – Kind of surprises me because you have Dennis with the starters, you have Wes Matthews and Dorian, you have athletes, you know, with the starters, DeAndre. Uh, just, I, I thought that was a surprising stat, and we saw that in this, we saw that in this, you know, this Timberwolves game where the bench comes in, JJ Barea's, you know, throwing things around and they're getting fast breaks. And hey, uh, and when we two, say the bench unit, JJ Barea and Dwight Powell, I mean, yeah. Those two guys, the first two games, you tweeted out today uh, the leading scores after the two, first two games. Dwight Powell's second at like Dwight 17. Powell, your second leading scorer on the Dallas Mavericks. He had 16 points in game one. He had 19 points in, you know, in game two here. J.J. Barea had 12 points again you know, tonight like or against the the Timberwolves. And we talked about how big he's played. Like Them, them two coming off the bench, they've been spectacular these first two games. And, hey, I am giving my due credit to Dwight Powell. I I have received at least two tweets a day um, about (laughs) Dwight Powell and me giving him credit. (laughs) That makes me happy. Thank you. Here's your credit. I'm I'm proud of you all. (laughs) In the role that he's playing, that Rick has given him, (laughs) he he is doing really well in that role. No, but yeah, like JJ and Dwight have that connection, and uh, they're playing really well off the bench, and that's been huge. Uh, That's been huge for for the Mavericks, and you're hoping the hope is that. You can get other contributors to those two guys off the bench, and to where when Harrison steps in, that when Harrison steps into the starting lineup, one of these guys will drop to the second unit, and then you'll eventually add Dirk, and then hopefully those two additions to the second unit will be huge for JJ and Dwight. To where, yeah, I mean, even the pace they're playing at now is crazy at 120, but it just, it still feels a little like I think Brunson's been playing great, like. I love Jalen Brunson. I mean, he's been playing solid, yeah. I'll, yeah, I love Jalen Brunson. But I'm curious to see what the second unit's going to look like with Dirk and you know either and Smith or Wes or, Wes or something like that. Yeah, Devin once he gets back. So, like, yeah. This Mavs, and- this Mavs team is missing. They're missing three massive pieces. Two of your big bench unit contributors in Dirk and Devin and, you know, probably the biggest, you know, starter contributor in Harrison Barnes. So, th- this team is – Seems complete because it has the two young guys that we're all excited to see. It has you know a lot of the pieces, but it doesn't. Ha- it's not fully complete yet. We haven't seen the fully complete team yet, and we probably won't for a month. <laughs> you know, we probably won't see them full- back and fully healthy for like a month or so. Yeah, can we talk about Luca for a sec? Yeah, let's take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Luca. We'll preview the uh, the Bulls game. It's coming up tonight. If you're listening to this on Monday. If you're not, then thanks for listening to the podcast the day after. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Isaac. Luka Doncic went off in this game. He had an excellent second quarter, uh, scoring 11 of his 26 points in 3 minutes and 13 seconds total. 11 points in 3 minutes and 13 seconds. Listen, Dennis didn't score a single point in the first quarter. And it was just a it was a slow start for him. It was you know sluggish. He missed his shots. He talked about that. And 
we talked about on yesterday's reaction pod of saying, man, like you could just feel the crowd. They they wanted a shot to go down so bad uh, of Lucas, and it took a bit. And but once he got going in the second quarter. And he started hitting those threes, and he got more comfortable. He gained the confidence. Like, you could just see the confidence uh, building inside of him. Man, it, it was fun. But it's crazy that a guy like a guy like Luka um, didn't score a single point in the first quarter and still led the team in scoring. Yeah. And that, you know, pretty much just three quarters worth of scoring. So, uh, really quick, well, a small tidbit, he became the youngest player in Mavs history to break the 20-point mark in a game. And uh, so, you know, whatever you want to think about that. <clears throat> but no, it's just just Luca's whole thing of that second quarter run uh, was it was super fun to watch. But really, when you get down to the fourth quarter, I think that's when we mentioned it yesterday. That's when it got um, you kind of see the cards that are played of when they start going when it was down to crunch time, and the Wolves Tibbs are saying, "Hey, get the ball to Towns," and Towns are scoring at will. Dallas was saying, get the ball to Luka Doncic, and they were like clearing get it out at times. De- they were getting the ball to Dennis. Well, no, no, no. Before that, like we talked about yesterday's pod for a little bit, they were, they went back and forth, Towns and Luka. Yeah. And before those, before the like the last like one or two possessions. Yeah. And that fourth quarter stretch there to where it felt like it was a handful of times back and forth that it was like Luka Towns, Luka Towns, Luka Towns, and like, and it's like, okay, this is this is a glimpse of what it could looks like look like in the future. And but yeah, I, I do want to mention that too, like, or mention that at the end of the game, like, yeah, keep no, keep going. Uh, the very last shot for Dennis, huge play for him. That you know, tied at one thirty four. It's the play of the season so far. There's only been two games, but. You know, Dennis could have easily passed that ball, and he wanted that shot. And he's being guarded by Derrick Rose, somebody that he has looked up to his whole life and yeah. wanted to compare his game to. It's also we also need to mention, and I tweeted this out today in the last two minute report sent out by NBA officials about that shot, the Dennis Smith Jr. shot with Derrick Rose that looked like a push off that we even talked about yesterday on the podcast and said that we thought it was a push off. They yeah. said they called it minimal contact and it was a correct no call on the play. Nice. So Sweet. so it was not a push off from Dennis apparently. Okay. So I guess to be a real push off, it has to be more than just like a hand <laughs> pushing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. Not Jeff that. Teague on JJ Barrett. Uh, the only incorrect call, by the way, on the on the last two minute report was a uh, a Towns possession. Hold on, let me pull it up. Real Did quick. he step out of bounds? Not that step out of bounds one. It was the one where they oh. inbounded it to um, they inbounded it to Towns. Uh, okay, it was six point one seconds left. Dallas was up one hundred thirty seven to one hundred thirty four. West Matthews was called for a foul on Towns off an inbounds pass. West when West Matthews was guarding him. They inbounded to Towns. He kind of drove to the left a little bit, and and West fouled him. They said that that should have been called for a Towns traveling before the foul even happened. Interesting. Yeah. So that was the only huh. incorrect call that apparently the, the uh, refs made in the last two minutes. Which and, I thought the refs be- were great in the last two minutes. I just thought that the beginning of the game was it was they're calling all kinds of weird stuff. And big free throws for Dennis Smith Jr. down the stretch too. Huge. Like, and free, I mean, throws, that, free throws have been a struggle for him. He did not shoot free throws very well last year. So, heck of a closing sequence for Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, big-time shot, hit big-time free throws. Like, that's the stuff that 
I mean, that that's huge. And that was a tough shot, too. I mean, a step back. I mean, it's not huge. the most ideal shot in the world. You know, Derrick Rose didn't let him come down. So, you know, he landed weird and fell down. And so, yeah, I mean, hats off for Dennis on, on the last, you know, two or three possessions. I wrote a piece about Dennis Smith Jr. shooting for Mavs Moneyball. It's on there right now. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. needs to improve his shooting, basically. Um, and I got to talk to uh, Kemba Walker last year when they were in when they were in Dallas, and I talked to Steve Clifford, his former coach as well. And Kemba struggled mightily shooting the ball uh, his rookie year, and then his second year he improved a lot, and then he's become you know his forty points <laughs> scoring machine uh, in Charlotte. So I talked to him about what was the big thing that helped him um, and when, why he was able to continue, like keep his confidence and, you know, things like that. And um, he talks about, you know, putting the work in and things like that, a lot of repetition and stuff. But then he was like, but I was still, you know, I still had the courage to take these last second shots because I knew, I knew like I had the confidence and just in my game and the confidence in that, uh, that I could take shots like that. And he was trusted to take a lot. He had almost the same usage percentage his rookie year, uh, with the Bobcats that that uh, that Dennis had, and so I huh. I asked Steve Clifford about it, and I said, you know, so what things you know help Kemba get to where he is? How could well, you know he was shooting so badly, but yet he had this you know large workload? You know, what did you see from him? And you know, the time that you he didn't I don't think he was the coach at the time, but what did you see from him? And he said, I don't care if Kemba was over five, you would live with him shooting a three with the game on the line. He always had the courage. And that kind of that quote right there to me is what embodies Dennis now. He always is going to have the courage. He's always going to have the courage to take these last second shots that he took in this Minnesota Timberwolves game. And that I think is what's going to to set him apart from from some other players. Um, that he just has that that mentality of you know a short memory. <laughs> you go out there, you keep shooting the next one, keep shooting the next one, and you know it's going to go in. And he's getting confidence from this. Um, yeah, I just thought that it was a good correlation between what Kemba, you know, went through his rookie year, what Dennis went through, and we're seeing some of the fruits of it now. Yeah, I mean, confidence is huge, and you know, this this last play and this bit last big shot, you know, only makes his confidence just you know skyrocket. So it'll be interesting to see how how his confidence goes in the end of the, end of these games uh, as the season goes along. Completely. All right, uh, that's the uh, the Timberwolves game. It was a it was a fun game, <laughs> still a super fun game. Really enjoyed. Uh, I watched it again today, and it was still you know going back and forth, holding your breath, and I'm like, I know what's gonna happen, but still. Hey, it was sixty nine to sixty nine at halftime. Just letting y'all know that. <laughs> um, oh man. All right, so the the Mavericks tonight play the Chicago Bulls. Chris Dunn is out again. That means the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Is this the worst starting point guard in the league? I know I'm on. I, I know I. He's probably gonna go out and drop like 28, and I'm just gonna eat all my words and all this. Oh, by the way, did you like my my addition to my thread on the on the gifts to describe the games? Yes, I enjoyed the it. Minnesota one. I enjoyed it. You, everyone should go there. Um, everyone should go to Isaac's Twitter feed and uh, and see that that the this thread that he's doing. Um. Career high for Cameron Payne, by the way. Cameron Payne is the point guard. Eight points. <laughs> that is starting. 17 points. Get out of here. His rookie is, year. Is he that did, count he, G League? He did it last year and his rookie year. Okay. Um, Zach Levine, uh, they they played two nights ago in the, against Detroit. Zach Levine put up 33. He's 
he looks he looks like he's back fully healthy and uh, playing good. I mean, I know he had a, a minus fourteen, but as far as his plus minus, but no, I mean, he can, he's he's looking good. He looks healthy. I guess Dennis. I mean, I guess Wes and Matthews is going to get that. Uh, this is Wes is <laughs> getting his money's worth. How how are you going to feel if what if Levine goes out and drops thirty on drops forty? <laughs> with the with the the way that this team has been playing, a lot, I mean Bobby Portis has been looking decent. Like yeah, yeah, Bob, yeah, Bobby Portis has been good. So yeah, no Chris Dunn, no uh, Larry Markinen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're still do little, it. yeah, and they they've uh, oh Denzel Valentine out too. Whatever you want to say. Whatever. Um, they've been starting Wendell Carter as well, so we're not going to see Robin Lopez the starter probably. Males. Um, Robin Lopez. But. We're going to see uh, we're going to see Wendell Carter, Portis. Uh, Justin Holiday, Drew's brother, uh, Zach Levine in the campaign. That's going to be your starting lineup probably. The Mavs are a four point favorite right now, and the uh, the line, the points is uh two hundred twenty eight point five. Um, combined with the Timberwolves, the Mavericks had one hundred and seventy six. Uh, or no, two hundred two hundred seventy six. So the uh, I would take the over on this one, guys. I would too because uh, Chicago's the, not very good at defense. I would take the big over on. Um, who do you think? So Jabari Parker and his twenty million dollar contract is coming off the bench, and um, right now his twenty million dollar contract was starting and he was coming off the bench. But who would you rather have, Wesley Matthews, or Jabari Parker? Right now, yeah. Oh gosh. No comment. So let's try to guess. I don't know. Um, that's so hard because. <laughs> um, let's, Jab- Jabari's uh, was a one-year deal? I think it was two years. Was it two years? Player option, maybe, or team option. Because, like, remember. Wes is done after this year. Yeah, what if it was a one-year $20 million deal and they called you? They called up at uh, in December and said, hey, here's Jabari for Wes Matthews. What would you do? Uh... A lot of people are yelling at me, like, "Why wouldn't you do this?" The Mavericks, oh the Mavericks just don't need a player like that. They're not going to do that. The Mavericks no. love Weston Matthews. Just listen to Rick. No, they Pastor wouldn't do that. Yesterday. But like, <laughs> anyway, if you ever have any undying or question about how the Mavericks feel about Weston Matthews, look, listen to Rick Carlisle's press conference after the Minnesota game. That's all I'm going to I'm leave it at that. I probably uh, shared too emo- too many emotions uh, <laughs> uh, the other day. But let's try to guess matchups. We we took a shot at this, and who's gonna guard Luca? Justin uh, Holiday. Yeah, I'm gonna take Justin Holiday on that one, probably. Um, I guess they'll put pain on Dennis. Yeah, this is Dennis Smith Jr.'s game right here. Hey, we thought that it was with Isaiah Canon or whatever yeah, it was. Booker, yeah. That didn't turn out too well, but we think that that was an outlier. That that could have been his worst game of the whole season. So. Right. Uh, we'll see how that how that plays. Zach Levine, they'll probably just hey go guard, um, you know, go guard West and just they'll we'll probably chill put him and, on Dorian. <laughs> yeah, one up. No, they'll probably put Bobby Portis on Dorian. And then uh, actually, I'm I'm curious to see who DeAndre guards. Who's the better three point shooter, Wendell Carter Jr. or Bobby Portis? Carter probably. Okay. Well, Carter didn't attempt one the other night. Portis attempted four, but missed all four of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sticking with Carter. <laughs> We so yeah, hit him in college. I think over under DeAndre Jordan sixteen rebounds. 
Oh gosh, he he hasn't been he hasn't been rebounding as much uh, as I thought he would. What did he have? I think he I think he will though against against yeah. this team probably. I mean, Bobby Portis is I mean he's a brute. He's not like he's not like DeAndre Ayton though. This is true. Or Towns or Taj Gibson. He's he's more like Taj Gibson. Though. I mean, he had fourteen. <laughs> Portis had fourteen boards against Detroit against Drummond and Blake Griffin. So I mean, that tells that's you that's what something. I'm saying. He he, get, he gets bored. I'm gonna go under sixteen. Okay. Also, after the game yesterday, I saw Luca was talking to reporters and uh, he was asked about DeAndre. He goes, you know, DeAndre, he's great, block shots, he rebounds. He gets mad when I get a rebound, but we don't have to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) He gets mad when I get a rebound. Uh, But no, man, this this game, uh, they they need to win this game. I mean, it's games like this against... Mm -hmm. um, non-playoff teams especially non-playoff teams in the east that uh, you need to win if they you're are also to... missing big pieces they're missing their best yes. player probably in marketing and probably you know they're probably missing two out and of their, their top four guard. best players yeah <laughs> yeah you know some of those combinations so yeah i mean that's besides levine who's really scoring points for this team i mean really campaign and justin holiday or the other leading scores for this team against Detroit when they beat Detroit. <laughs> or no, no, Detroit beat them. Yeah, yeah. Ish Smith hit a shot towards the end. But they should win this game. Both teams are bad at defense, so it could get, you know, high scoring, but I think uh Dallas wins this easily. I'm going to say Dallas wins this by over 12 points. Do they score over 120 points? Ooh, Dallas. Um, I'll say over 110. Because I'll, I'll say that. So they scored 100 in the first game, 140 in the second game. We'll split the That's difference. That's insane. Split man. the difference. 120 in this one. Um, Let I want to plug real quick. We did a bonus pod. If you're listening to this on Monday, we did yeah. a bonus pod over the weekend. That was our reaction pod. We recorded it late Saturday night, reacting to everything about the game. We talked more about stats today about that Timberwolves win, but. Saturday night was more about the atmosphere. It was more about immediate reaction uh, to the post-game press conferences. We had Luka Doncic audio at the end of that game. Uh, Nick was awesome and put in a Jimmy Butler chance from the crowd because we <laughs> oh, talked yeah. all about that. If you haven't that. heard that, go listen to the podcast from yesterday. We have the Jimmy it was really Butler cool. chance. Yeah, it was really cool edited. He added into the intro, and then Luka's at the end. and It was a, it was a fun pod to do, and we did it as a bonus pod. So... A lot of you are going to work on Monday saying, oh, man, I have two pods. So listen to them both, and you kind of get uh, both feels for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we'll have another one coming up for tomorrow talking about this Chicago Bulls game. We're excited. Hopefully there will be a win we're talking about. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. We had another great week last week, and we're starting another one this week. Let's go. I want to plug something really quick. Ooh. I should have something coming out of Mavs.com today, something I'm, I'm starting. So on Monday, be on the lookout for it. I'll tweet it. It's something I'm going to be doing all year round, all year long. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, peace out. Boom.